to the Off-Road Performance Coach Podcast. If you want to be a beast on and off the dirt bike, you have come to the right place. All I ask from you is if you gain some value out of today's episode, please give it a share and tag me on your socials or your Insta story. I'd be super grateful if you'd share the love. Let's get stuck straight into today's episode. Legends, podcast episode today, going to revisit an old topic that I did an episode on, I don't know how long ago now, probably almost two years maybe, on the old debate, the age-old debate of knee braces versus knee pads. So I've had a fair few people message me this week and send me my old mate, Kale Makem's videos. Shout out to Kale if you're listening to this i got absolutely no beef with Kale. I know Kale. I get along well with him. This is definitely not a dig at him. This is just my take on the science. Kale shared a research paper. And honestly, I hadn't actually seen that research paper. I didn't know that there had actually been a research paper completed on dirt bike riders because obviously... Our sport, riding dirt bikes, compared to things like football, soccer, tennis, um, other athletic endeavors, is tiny in comparison. So to get a research study completed on dirt bike riders is very, very rare compared to like something like playing football, uh, soccer, etc. So I didn't, I hadn't seen that study, so I've had a look at it and I thought I would share uh, I guess some thoughts on it and and a couple of other studies that I have found that do have some uh, some comparisons of the effects wearing an e-brace and without wearing an e-brace. So just to frame this up at the start, and I think I, I, I said this in my last podcast on this topic is I'm not telling anyone to not wear knee braces. Whatever you feel most confident in if you feel more protected and you feel safer and you feel more confident and it allows you to ride the dirt bike faster wearing knee braces i'm cool with that go your hardest i'm just giving people the information because we'll get to it toward the end there's a bit of a beef that i have with the whole knees knee brace thing and and that's my the the message that i want to get across which we'll get to but to get into the study that won the the actual one that was completed on guys that ride dirt bikes, when we look at that study, when you look at any study, like I'm not an expert, I'm not going to lie, I'm not an expert in reading research and, and, and evaluating research, but I've done, I've dabbled in it a little bit, obviously, as I've become a strength and conditioning coach and I have a lot of people that I look up to who are very well-versed in reading research and I've, I've learned a lot of them. So when you look at a research study, the first thing you want to look at is how did they actually, uh, how did they 
evaluate the criteria or how did they conduct the study? How did they actually conduct the research? So that that study that was based on or that was done on the guys that ride dirt bikes, it was an internet-based study. So what that means is they're basically getting people to fill in a questionnaire on the internet. So there's been no clinical evaluation of the injuries in a controlled environment. They're basically just relying on what people have written in a box. So that, to me, is a very, very low-level study. So when it comes to being evidence-based, like if we want to put a line in the sand and say we're evidence-based, anyone that I know and the people that I look up to who who will cite evidence, they base their hypothesis on a body of evidence. So it's not just one. They haven't just cherry-picked one research paper. There's a body of evidence. So there's multiple research papers that have been done over time, years and years, decades and decades, and you can begin to see trends. And when you begin to see trends on high quality studies that have been completed time and time again, then you can begin to build a little bit of a hypothesis and say like, potentially this is what we see. So it's difficult to do that off one study and it's difficult to do it off a study that is internet based. So it wasn't in a controlled environment in a clinical lab or anything like that. So there's a couple of other studies that I have found that I thought would be uh, interesting to take a look at. This first one was conducted on a group of male alpine skiers. So it was performed in a lab with musculoskeletal modeling analysis was conducted on all of them. So what that means is they're hooked up to a device that monitors the the contractions, the loads, the forces, etc., that are going on in the knee, the muscles around the knee, etc. So they're evaluating, getting some like some actual data and some feedback on what's actually going on in that situation. So they got them to perform a drop jump, which is simple, just jumping off a box like a plyo box landing on the floor and jumping like trying to jump as high as you possibly can so it's basically just absorbing a big impact so they performed that with and without the knee brace so the physical performance was not affected by the type of the knee brace however wearing a brace during drop jumps reduced basically what they're saying is it reduced the knees mobility so it reduced maximum flexion, abduction, and ad- adduction. So it, it restricts the knee in some way. We know that like you're not going to be able to move your knee as fluently with a brace as opposed to not wearing a brace. That's pretty, like most people are aware of that. So that, that's what they found here. The knee joint shear force when wearing the brace exhibited no statistical differences. Further, the ACL load estimated in this study did not exhibit any statistical differences in relation to wearing a brace or not wearing a brace. So 
they basically found that in this study that the brace reduced mobility of the knee, but it did not reduce any of the shear forces, the internal rotation moment, or any of the force on the ACL. So that's one study. I'm gonna share the links to these. I'll share the links to all of them, to the one, uh, the other one that's been done on the dirt bike guys as well. I'll share them in the show notes if you're into reading research, probably not, but <laughs> I'll put them in there. This other one was a study that's comparing knee braces or do knee braces protect the knee against impacts or tibial moments? So this one is interesting to me because this is, this is uh, I guess they've assessed rotational force on the knee. So this is a common one for dirt bike guys. Like when we have a crash, like when you get ejected off the bike, um, honestly, I think that's when knee braces are probably the most valuable protection to have like if you come off the bike and you're gonna have a massive impact on the ground or you wrap yourself around a tree then a knee brace is that's when it's got the highest chance of actually protecting you from an impact i believe obviously because it's there's that crush impact if you land on the ground or you you hit a tree side on or hit anything side on in your leg the knee brace is obviously way more protective there as opposed to something getting crushed as at, compared to a knee pad, like that's pretty obvious. Um, but what we see, again, I've worked with hundreds of guys that, that race and ride dirt bikes over the last eight years since I've been coaching. The overwhelming majority of people I see who have who have injured a knee do it dabbing a foot. So when that when we dab a foot, we get that that rotation, that rotational force, and most of the time when people do an ACL, it's from dabbing a foot, it rotates the tib, and even though you're wearing a knee brace, you can still tear or completely rupture your ACL. So that's why this one's a little bit interesting to me because they've tested those. So this study was the study design in a controlled laboratory study. So this actual study they had eight uh, people in this one they were exposed to subcritical impacts from the medial lateral anterior and posterior direction so basically just all the different forces and impacts that we could uh, have coming into a knee or that the, that the knee could be exposed to and they measured uh, both scenarios were conducted with braced and unbraced and the change, they measured the change in cruciate ligament strain and the joint acceleration in the and the in the tib and femoral bone. So um, measuring that sort of rotation, that impact on the joint. So the results were the bracing reduced joint acceleration for medial and lateral center impacts. The ACL strain change was decreased for some of the medial impacts, but it was actually increased for anterior impact. So the other posterior direction had substantially less effect on any change in the ACL and joint acceleration. So 
Basically what they're saying, bracing had no effect on the ACL strain change or kinematics under internal or external moments. So the conclusion is our results indicate that the effect of bracing during impacts depends on the direction and height of the impact and is partly positive, negative or neutral in that soft tissue absorbs impact energy. Any effect during internal or external torque was not detected. So there's no difference. It didn't provide any difference wearing a knee brace to that internal or external torque on the knee. So they're just two other studies that I found. They're obviously not on dirt bike riders, but one is absorbing a force from like a, a vertical force jumping off the box. This other one was was a whole host of different forces and included some rotation in there. Take from that what you will. If we, like basically what they're saying in these two, it's a 50-50 split. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. And sometimes it could potentially be worse. Um, even if we take the the study on the, the internet-based study on the guys that ride dirt bikes, if you look at the figures that they had from the actual ACL protection, the MCL uh, rate of injury was, uh, was a lot lower. The ACL was only 50%. So the other 50% of the time, you're still at risk of getting injured. And that's, I guess, my, what I've always said, like it's basically a 50-50 split. They might help in certain situations. In other situations, maybe they don't. So even just looking at these three studies, I think it's, and from my experience, speaking to the riders that have had injuries, it's inconclusive. Like it's pretty hard to draw. It's very difficult to have a solid argument saying that they are 100% protective in all situations. You obviously can't say that. So where is the, like, where's the line in the sand where they are and they aren't protective? Who knows? Like, honestly, like I said, when you come off the bike and you're going to have a, and have a big stack, then there's definitely some added protection there from impact. If you think like that rotational talk, like an extreme extreme situation that, if anyone that watches the Supercross, Austin Faulkner at at the first race this year in 2023, when he came off in that start straight, he got spat off the bike. And the the first thing that hit the ground was his toe. So he's obviously coming into that, like they're at the end of the start straight. So whatever that might be, third gear wide open. So he's going pretty quick. First thing that touched the ground was his toe. So that was like a violent rotation. Obviously that's an extreme situation. It's not like dabbing your foot, but in that situation, rotation of the lower limb, bang, knee exploded all all over, carted off in the ambo. He's had to have full knee reconstruction. So that's just one example. That's an extreme example, obviously, obviously, but like I said, so many guys dab their feet going around the corner 15k an hour and pop their knee so i don't think there's very much protection from a knee brace when you dab your foot around a corner 
I think the protection comes from higher speed crashes, etc. when you're going to take a big impact potentially. So the knee brace is basically, it's like an added level of protection. And that's my biggest thing with knee braces is like a weak knee inside a knee brace is still a weak knee. It doesn't matter if you've got a knee brace on. It can, maybe the knee brace gives you like 50% better protection, but if your knee is already compromised and it's you've got poor quality of connective tissue in your knee, then you're still at a very high risk of being injured. Are you sick of walking into the gym with no plan, spinning your wheels, wondering if what you're doing is even going to help you on the dirt bike? It's a common thread that I hear from riders, and that's why I created the Race Ready Live group program. It's my entry-level training program, providing you a structured and periodized program grounded upon the same principles I use for my clients who are winning GNCC and AORC off-road events. Best thing is, you can tailor it to your individual needs based upon the equipment you have available, even if that's only dumbbells and kettlebells, and you can personalize the weekly schedule to suit the days you can and can't train all inside the race ready app on your phone for less dollars than you are spending on coffee each day right now if you want to actually get results from the effort you're putting in in the gym link is in the show notes for the details about the race ready live program the thing like so many people will say you hear people say that have like done their knee with a knee brace on is fuck it would have been worse if it didn't have it on Honestly, if you snapped an ACL with a knee brace on, how can it be any fucking worse? Like, that is what a knee brace is meant to do, is meant to protect, supposedly. That's what they'll say, that we've got, like, protected against doing ACLs, MCLs, etc. It can't be any worse than fully rupturing your ACL. If you've worn a knee brace and you just tweaked your knee like sprained it or maybe got like a grade one or a grade two tear like a minor tear then potentially yeah that knee brace has saved you it's actually done its job and potentially it could have been worse like it could you could have fully ruptured something but you only got a small tear so that's like a positive that's a win but saying that it could have been worse when you've snapped like fully ruptured your acl or any other ligament in your knee i don't see how it can be any worse than that like the only way it can be worse is if you snapped your tib, fib, and, and or your femur. But there's heaps of people out there that have done that wearing knee braces because the force has to go somewhere. And that's the thing. Like, we're not playing lawn bowls. We're racing dirt bikes. If, you're, if, if you think that you're going to be fully protected wearing a knee brace, you probably want to take up a different sport because... The reality is like random shit happens when you're riding a dirt bike. Doesn't matter how strong you are, how fit you are, how good a rider you are. Random shit happens. And once you get ejected off the bike, like you're literally in the lap of the gods, like anything could happen. Um, So we've got to own that a little bit and say, and, and understand that like we could get fucking hurt when we're riding dirt bikes. So my whole message and the, the beef I've got with the knee brace thing is I, I'm i not okay with people being sold knee braces under the false premise that their knees are 100% protected. And I think that 
so many people believe that. So many people out there believe that they've got their knee braces on, I'm fucking good to go. I'm not going to pop an ACL. And that is just not true. For everything that we've just been through, we we all know that that is not true. There is a high percentage chance that you could still be injured wearing knee braces. So how do you protect yourself against that? Is being as strong as you possibly can and having the best quality connective tissue in and around your knees. That's how you protect yourself. And if you wanna chuck a knee brace on on top of that, because you feel like personally that that gives you more protection, then that's awesome. So I'd like to see more education around, like honestly, even from the knee brace companies, like honestly saying like, your best insurance against being protected is to wear our knee braces but get strong as fuck, get jacked, put some muscle on around your, your, your knees and your lower legs to actually protect your knees so you can have the highest level of protect, protection that's actually possible. So again, like how, how do you actually do that to give you guys some value and, and how you can actually apply that? It's pretty straightforward really it just comes down to the environment that you are exposing yourself to consistently so anyone who has ever had a broken bone like even if you've broken an arm and you get your arm put in plaster or you've done a collarbone or whatever it might be and you immobilize that limb you start to lose muscle almost instantly when you immobilize a limb it will begin to atrophy which means the muscle begins to waste away. So we know now it's been proven in, again, in research, in the science, there's a, there's a body of evidence that shows that ligaments and tendons are also able to hypertrophy. So hypertrophy means grow, so get bigger. So that's like hypertrophy is like putting on muscle, but our tendons collect, connect our muscles to the bones And what connects our bones together, as in the example of the ACL, is the ligament. So our ligaments, it's not, you don't just get what you're given with your ligaments. Like your ligaments can actually hypertrophy as well and get thicker and get stronger based upon the environment that we place them in. So again, to use the example of fully immobilizing a limb, we know that it go very quickly, it's going to get skinnier and it's going to get weaker. And if you've ever had an injury like that, it takes a long time to actually get that muscle or a, an injured limb to, to catch back up to the, to the limb that hasn't been injured in those instances. For some people, it never, like they can, they'll never get it to be the same as the limb that hasn't been injured potentially. So if we know that and we understand that, like how can we create the environment that encourages our tendons, ligaments, and muscles to grow. I'm not talking be a bodybuilder here. Like obviously a bodybuilder is an extreme case, like an extreme example of someone piling on muscle. If you've ever actually trained in the gym consistently, the amount of volume that you would have to do to be to put on the, the mass that a bodybuilder does and the food you would have to be, eat you wouldn't be able to do it. Like, we're not talking about bodybuilding. We're just talking, obviously, we want a sweet spot. So 
when we do nothing and sit on the couch with an immobilized limb, our body atrophies and it, it dies, basically. When you go to the extreme end of a bodybuilder who's just training a crazy amount of volume and eating an astronomical amount of food, you pile on muscle. Obviously, there's a sweet spot in the middle, and that's where we want to be. We want to have high-quality connective tissue and like actually it might be a positive thing if we actually put a little bit of muscle on like if we put just a tiny bit of muscle on that to me that's a good sign when my athletes put on just a little bit of weight like one two or three kilos that's a positive sign that the body is in a positive state of growth and that's where we want to be we don't want to be in a state of atrophy. We don't want the body to be breaking down because if you're losing muscle or getting lighter all the time, think about what's happening to your tendons and your ligaments. They're getting fucking smaller. They're getting weaker. I can guarantee it. So if you are putting on a small amount of muscle, and I don't mean that has to be forever, like you're not going to just keep putting on muscle, but if you like, if you start following a, a consistent training program and you put on like one two or three kilos over say 12 months that's a positive sign that your body is in a state of growth so that means it's not just your muscles it's everything else as well it's the tendons and the ligaments so we need to be placing the adequate stimulus to encourage hypertrophy which is mechanical tension so we need to actually be working hard on our strength training I'm a big fan of lower rep ranges, like somewhere in the five to eight rep ranges. I think it's pointless doing 25 reps. I don't believe in it. But either way you go, you need to be working hard. So going within two, like two reps of, of failure on some of your work to actually like create that stimulus that encourages your body to grow. So again, anyone that knows that's actually tried to put on a little bit of muscle, that ain't going to happen overnight. Don't be afraid to lift heavy and go hard in your training because it's, you're not going to wake up tomorrow 10 kilos heavier. I can guarantee you that. My client, Bryson, Neil, who I've helped him come back from full ACL reconstruction and he came back one first his first GNCC went on to win many more and won the GNCC, GNCC championship on the quads. He, in 12 months of training, he put on 3.2 kilos of muscle. He is one of my most meticulous clients in, term of, in terms of tracking his food intake, in terms of his training consistency, and in terms of the intent that he brings to his training. I don't have any other client that pushes as hard as him and I don't think that anyone that I'd see anyone go as hard as he actually does as consistently as he does and be as meticulous as he is with his food intake so what I'm saying is he is a fucking animal and he's put on three kilos in 12 months time if you're worried about piling on 10 kilos, then you're in the wrong sport. Honestly, wrong sport again. You were riding dirt bikes that weigh a lot. We're hitting the ground more often than not or only a matter of time before we do. So we want to be strong. 
for just even forget the performance aspect of being stronger, the resilience aspect of being able to tolerate what we put ourselves through, we want to actually try to encourage a little bit of growth within the body. So my clients, like when Bryson and other clients that I've had that are rehabbing from a knee injury, it's three lower body dominant sessions a week, every week. When we get to a level that is like they start to get to an adequate level and and things are potentially on a little bit of maintenance per se or and or in the race season, we trim that back to two lower body sessions per week. Obviously, there's some once we're into the race session, race season, there's some tapering around events and they're not doing two full on leg days every week because there's obviously travel and racing in amongst that. But when we're training, it's two to three solid leg days per week, every week. And it's consistency. So consistency over time and providing the stimulus to the body to encourage the tendons, ligaments, muscles, etc., to adapt the way we want them to adapt. Because remember, if we do the opposite, they start going the other way real quick. If we don't provide the stimulus and we don't provide the adequate nutrients from our food, we go the other way real quick, like really quick. Again, anyone will know that's been in hospital with an injury when you're laying in a hospital bed. You go, you get skinny real fucking quick when you're not eating properly and you're not moving. You go, the body goes the other way. So the body's always trying to adapt. It's constantly trying to adapt to the stimulus that we give it. So we've got to provide it that stimulus consistently if we want to be a beast. So the best protection that we can get is training in the gym consistency, consistently and eating enough protein and overall calories. Obviously, the body needs the nutrients to create high quality connective tissue. So the biggest one is protein. Need to be hitting a protein target of two grams per kilo of body weight. And then obviously adequate calories. You don't wanna be in an excessive calorie deficit consistently. Sure, there are gonna be days when you do a massive effort that you're gonna be in a calorie deficit, that's fine. But habitually, we want to see that we're eating enough calories to at least maintain the mass. And that's obviously going to be dependent on the individual's goals, if they want to actually get leaner, if they've got body fat to lose, or if they actually might want to put on a little bit of mass. Then if you want to put on some mass, you're going to be in a little bit, need to be in a little bit of a surplus. Honestly, what I tell most people is eat more, start eating more slowly, and actually increase it to the point that even if you just want to maintain, increase it to the point that you actually do start to put on weight. Again, like I say, you're not going to wake up 10 kilos heavier tomorrow. It's very slow, very slow. So increase your food intake until the point where you potentially start to put on some mass. Maybe it'd be half a kilo one week and then Two weeks later, you might have put on a kilo. So that means you've actually started to eat enough for your body to put on some weight. And if you just want to maintain, you don't actually want to put on weight, just pull it back. Pull it back 10% and that's your maintenance. That's your maintenance calories. Most people are way under what 
their actual true maintenance calories are, I believe. That's a common thread that I see. So that's super important too, eating enough. And then honestly, if you're not prepared to do that and you truly think that knee braces are gonna save you, I'd be getting a membership at the local lawn bowls club because honestly, we ride fucking dirt bikes. We're gonna, like shit's gonna happen. And that's what I think about with when I'm writing my clients' programs and and helping them progress is how resilient can I make them. Obviously, there's performance benefits too, but a lot of what I'm programming them is improving their resilience. And for me personally, like I obviously don't race that much now. I just want to be able to ride my dirt bike for years and years and years and not get injured or have a low, I shouldn't say not get injured because that's not going to happen. There's going to be some injuries along the way, whether they be minor or major, but I want to hedge my bets and, and give myself the best level of protection that I can have. So I'm not lying to myself thinking that a pair of knee braces are going to protect me. Um, or pro- at least protect me a hundred percent. So again, that's your choice. Like I'm not going to say do or don't wear them. If you feel more confident wearing them, then by all means wear them, but do the work that you need to do and take the, be meticulous with your nutrition. Actually be aware of what you're putting into your body and provide the body with the stimulus, the adequate stimulus that it requires consistently. Like I say, it doesn't have to be three times per week, but it's whatever you can do consistently. Consistency is the key because like I said, when we consistently do nothing, we go backwards real quick. So even if you can only get one session in, do that every week, forever. And your body will be in the best place that it can possibly be in terms of being resilient and prepared for riding a dirt bike. So that's it, probably rambled on. I will put those the links to those studies in the show notes if anyone is actually interested in looking at them. Like I say, the science, it's pretty inconclusive. Can't really say one way or the other and that's if if we can like if if that changes like if there's more studies which hopefully there will be um then yeah potentially that might change and if the technology changes um and the way that they actually brace and and how they fit if that changes and progresses and there's there's more research then potentially the science might show us that that they are more protective and when that happens i'd be all ears to to reading it and looking at it but from what i've seen from the the science it's pretty difficult to have like a a conclusive outcome on that like honestly it's a 50 50 split so that's it today guys i will leave you with that links are in the show notes If you're getting out to have a shred over Easter, hope you enjoy it. I'll see you next week. Got two more coming up next week. Going to keep the two podcasts rolling out every week. Now is the goal. So two more coming next week. 
Have a great Easter. Hope you enjoy your riding. Bye-bye.